Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hello, and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily, a writer. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two type 1 diabetics trying to live our best lives. It's not always easy with the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hi, guys. Welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. Welcome. Can't believe we're here, guys. We made it. We're still in quarantine. We're still uh, <sighs> isolating. We're, we're going one day at a time. Miriam's one- been toughen this whole thing out in Brooklyn this entire time so props to her oh, um, but that's thank actually you. not what this episode's about no it's not it's, although everything's all, about it yeah this is the first time it's been just me and Emily Emily and I so hi pal <laughs> oh my god hi welcome welcome to us welcome to us yeah I wanted to kind of bring it back to basics this episode I guess we were just Emily and I were chatting about you know life this week and I had a little technology snafu and that we thought that could lead into a, a bigger conversation of when the technology fails you. T1D um, and tech. T1D and tech. Because Emily and I both use a lot of diabetes technology. We know that's not representative of all diabetics, obviously, but we each use our own. I use the tandem T-Slim Control IQ system, which is their... Say that five times I know, I just, I had to like really think about the words I was saying. The closed (laughs) IQ system, which I guess they're calling it the hybrid closed loop. I don't know the correct terminology for it, but I think it's the closed loop loop system. Oh my gosh. Tandem, if you're listening, we're sorry if we butchered anything. (laughs) Head to Tandem's website to find out all the real information. (laughs) Seriously. With the um, Dexcom G6 CGM. And Emily, you use Omnipod with the DIY loop, correct? Yeah, Omnipod, if you're listening, um, don't. So <laughs> I still want to be able to get all my pods without being uh, blackballed. But yeah, I no, use a, the Dexcom G6 and I use Omnipods, uh, not the Dash system, the old Aeros pods, which I know the Dash system looks dope. Maybe I'll change one day. But right now I'm on, I'm on the DIY closed loop system. Shout out to Katie DeSimone and all the peeps there that that uh, paved the way for this girl to DIY an app for her phone that controls a closed loop system. It's wild, but here I am a year into it. Actually, it's my year, my loop anniversary this month. Um, Oh my gosh, mazel tov. Thank you. My A1C is knock on wood dope, I'm assuming based on my Dexcom graph, which kind of leads us into the topic, (laughs) into Miriam's. Miriam's My my snafu. So basically the way um, the T-SLIM's closed loop system functions is that it's taking the data from your CGM, from the Dexcom, and it's telling you, you know, tells your pump what your blood sugar is and your pump will automatically either increase your basal rates, decrease your basal rates, or totally totally shut off your basal rates depending on what your blood sugar is. It can also actually give you correction boluses too above a certain amount. Um, but for my purposes, what was happening is I was 
I was on probably, you know, the Dexcom G6 last 10 days. Mine all, you know, sometimes starts to get a little wonky the last day or so. And in this case, I was on, I want to say like day eight and a half, nine probably of this Dexcom. But I was still getting readings fine. And it was overnight and I was getting, you know, readings that I was sort of sitting between like 65 and 90 all night. Um, and so I would keep getting buzzed. I mean, you know, anytime my, my low limit, I think, is set for like 70 or 75 at night, I want to say. So I was getting buzzed a bunch in the middle of the night just to say, okay, your blood sugar is dropping. And I'd, you know, have a starburst or a sip of juice or whatever throughout the night. But for the most part, I was pretty steady and I felt fine. And my, the, the readings were coming up consistently. But because my blood sugar was reading on the lower end, my insulin was suspended for the majority of the night, meaning like my basal rates were really either extremely decreased or suspended most of the night to keep my blood sugar in that, you know, that threshold that it wanted to be in range. And so... Can I interject for a yes. second? Mm-hmm. Um, for those listening who are unfamiliar with any type of loop or close open situation, we have target ranges, and that mm-hmm. I believe is uh, applicable for your version and my version of yes. completely different loop pumping systems. So if you're inside a target range, you're usually good, and you know the loop IQ isn't necessarily making adjustments based mm-hmm. on that. Uh, but if you're outside the range, whether that be high or low, it will make adjustments, as Miriam explained earlier mm-hmm. on. But I do have to ask you, Miriam, yes. at any point during this evening, did you do a finger stick? I did not, Emily. Okay, please continue. Because <laughs> <laughs> this was overnight. So this was yeah. like literally like 10 p.m. Sleeping. And I was sleeping. And I, in full disclosure, I should be checking. But, and when it's the middle of the night and I feel fine and I just want to no go back to sleep, I... No you. We've exactly. all no. done it. I just wanted I to ask because sometimes when I, when I feel mm-hmm. fine and I check and there isn't, and I, like, always check because, yeah. A, I haven't had diabetes as long as you. Um, <laughs> I'm not as comfortable in knowing my body's cues. Mm-hmm. Um, B, if I'm sleeping, I just don't want to prick my finger. I'd rather just check, have a few Starbursts, sip of juice, and go back to sleep. Exactly, exactly. So I was disclosing not, not to say, like... Not to justify my actions, but to just, I think people can relate. I think a lot of people are like this. You don't need to justify anything. I just wanted to ask. (laughs) Exactly. No, that, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not justifying. I'm, I'm relating to our audience because I imagine a lot of people do the same as as I did. Yes. And, you know, I woke up and by the time I woke up, there was like, my Dexcom was doing that sensor error thing where it's not sending you readings. And it was doing that probably for like, not for a long period of time. It had probably been a sensor error for like 20 minutes. So I was like, that's weird. Like my blood sugar was pretty straight line between like, you know, 65 and 80 or so like all the night. And then it was a sensor error. So I was like, that's weird. And I felt like shit. Like I had a horrible headache. Um, really, just really groggy. I just really nauseous. I did not feel well. And I was like, this is weird. Like my blood sugar is fine. You know, I haven't had a reading in 30 minutes, but it was you know, you know, 80 or something like 20 minutes ago. It's kind of weird. So I checked my blood sugar at that point and it was 275. What? Um, yeah. And so there's a... <laughs> <laughs> and what, was, <laughs> what was it before it cut out? If um, like Dexcom was reading. Probably there, like, was what, no Dex, there was no Dexcom no, reading. Was before air. it cut out, do you like... Oh, it was like in the 80s. Okay. Um, so that is like 200 points different. Exactly. So that's a big difference. So I was thinking, you know, I feel like shit. So I immediately checked for ketones um, and I had s- small ketones. 
Um, okay. So nothing, not, nothing crazy, but I did, they were present. And so I'm putting my head together thinking like, what just happened? I'm like so confused. And I realized I was getting, I mean, what had to be the case is I just wasn't getting accurate Dexcom readings throughout the night. And because they were not accurate, for whatever reason, my pump was responding based on the readings, which were not accurate. So my pump thought I was 75. Maybe in re- reality it was like 150 or 200. And so my pump is suspending insulin a little bit to get me closer to 100 overnight. To push you higher. To put me a little higher, which is if I'm actually already high. And so all of these things, plus the fact that like I'm waking up and like having a starburst every you know every couple hours to oh, keep me a little elevated, it's just like a horrible recipe for disaster. So You're lucky you only had moderate or light ketones. Small. Yeah, so exactly. And so I took, you know, I immediately, I didn't know what the issue was. So I changed my Dexcom. I changed my sites. I, you know, I gave an injection of insulin with, you know, with a syringe immediately. And within a couple hours, the ketones had disappeared and I was back to my old self. But this was just one of those examples of like, in theory, things were working as they should, right? The Dexcom was giving readings the pump was responding as it was supposed to based on those readings and everything looked fine. But in reality, things were not fine. The Dexcom readings were inaccurate for whatever reason. You know, a lot of times at nighttime we come up with these, we have compression errors, I think they call them. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, if your Dexcom's on your stomach and you're laying on your stomach, sometimes if it presses in, you'll all get a lot of false lows. But usually when that happens, it's super obvious to me because I'll be like, 100, 100, 100. 42 and then like five minutes later it's like 100 again so like that you can tell like oh wait that's inaccurate but this will usually fix itself too like if you adjust your position or even once it gets more cushioned or whatever exactly and it's usually a very dramatic drop all of a sudden so you you know like wait why am I dropping dramatically when I'm laying down and having bolused and like that's happened to me when I like put on um a pair of like biker shorts compression shorts and it like hits (laughs) my Dexcom and then like five minutes into it like I'm sitting so I'm leaning on it or something and And like I don't know my fat's bubbling out lol and it's like 40 down and I was like 120 and I was like what yeah it's like you know something's off and it and corrects you move itself and it's right yeah so the reason I didn't think that was the issue this particular night is because it was a pretty steady line so I thought it was fine so I bring this up not to say like Dexcom screwed me up like screw them like that's not what I'm insinuating I think what I'm bringing this up to talk about is that we have really amazing options as type 1 diabetics right now. And I I know everyone's probably rolling their eyes. It's like, well, we still have it. But based on someone who was diagnosed in 1996, the options we have right now are unbelievable, really. And so I'm not saying this to trash on the technology by any means. I'm saying this to acknowledge that technology is still technology, right? And we're and still privileged to have access to it to begin we're, with. That is exactly. definitely something we're aware of. But we're, Exactly. This is a privilege to have this. And it's not perfect and you know given the resources we have to have this technology we also need to have backup plans in place for when they fail us or that they don't work as they're supposed to and so you know I was telling before we started recording I was telling Emily this it's like things aren't always going to be perfect and that's okay it doesn't mean we need to like cancel Dexcom or freak out because (laughs) even if we had perfectly functioning pancreas pancreas we never know how to say it. 
I truly never know. It's been how many years have we had this disease and how many years have we had this podcast? Pink, we never know how to I say don't it. think pancreas is correct, but pancreas I think it's pancreas is. Or just pancreas. Pancreas. Yeah, maybe it is just pancreas. Maybe it's singular and plural. You're right. Like moose. Um, I'm going to Google this. So if you're <laughs> typing, that's what's happening. Finally, live Please on the show. Please tell us. Um, but yeah, even if we didn't have diabetes, like people still get sick. You know, people still get cold so this is like even with diabetes things still aren't gonna work well and and that's just the reality and so I think that the my lesson from this was yeah of course I was frustrated of course I was angry of course I wanted to place blame on the technology and and not take responsibility because it's easier and not to say it's my fault either I think it's like everything but what are things I could have done to prevent this one I could have checked my blood sugar with the meter if I felt okay and Dexcom was telling me why I was low I should have maybe guessed or questioned that a little bit more um but otherwise you know I think I managed it as best I could did I feel well no I felt really shitty for that morning but I addressed it immediately um I I messaged my doctor through like my patient portal thing just to give him a heads up and if there was anything he thought I should do like but I knew, I knew he wasn't going to say anything because I managed it. You know what I mean? I did right. what I needed to do. And so it is what it is. I could, uh, I absolutely could have contacted Dexcom just to tell them what happened. And they for sure would have sent me a new sensor to you replace that one. You I still, still can. can. I would. But honestly, you. I was like on day nine and I just really didn't care. But I absolutely could have gotten a new one. Um, and maybe I still will if I get the, a boost of energy to yeah, I was about to her. say, sometimes it feels like. It's an extra level. Like, no one wants to do it on the phone. Like, the, you've oh already gone through this, like, inciting action that's already caused a certain amount of anxiety yes, or stress. And, exactly. and the last thing and you I, want to do is I play it over again. Yeah, I would have changed my Dexcom, like, the next day anyway. So it kind of felt like, yeah. whatever, let me move on. But, yeah, I still can. And I will say with Dexcom, um, I think during COVID, they, I've noticed all of a sudden they're allowing you to request things on, like, through their website versus having to call. That's yeah. been a nice new perk. Yes, I will say that um, back in the day, the early days of Dexcom, I used to have like my go-to dude that I yeah. would email, and it, ugh, I miss him so much. They got rid of that entire department, and I believe they, they outsource did. it now, so that I was think sad. They did. Um, if he's listening, I remember you. You were great. Thank you for being here. <laughs> um, but I do have to say, I feel like it's okay to be frustrated with yeah. the technology. I think that these days we do live in a very cancel culture um and you know while it's easy to to get frustrated especially when we're paying all this money Mm -hmm. ourselves even though we you and I are totally blessed to have amazing insurance or even if we have crappy insurance Mm -hmm. we still have access to insurance and that is a really a big thing to say these days mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's still okay to get frustrated even though we yes. are privileged it's okay yes. to get frustrated we're paying this money we rely on these devices to to literally save our lives every day mm-hmm. and while you know it is a big deal in that moment you're lucky that you only had like ketones it could have been worse yeah. knock on oh, wood a thousand percent um there you know it's okay your feelings are valid so anyone who's listening who's like you know like i feel guilty for feeling bad all these people don't oh have God, access no. to dexcom like you don't have to feel guilty. I mean, there, there. Yeah, we should feel many feelings about people not having access to certain things for sure, and that's a whole other episode, a whole other topic. Yeah. But 
it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be upset. Um, For sure. And if you're listening to this thinking like, wow, she was like, had this really annoying thing and she sounds so chill. Like, I'm chill now because this happened like a week and a half ago. The day (laughs) of, I was like pissed. I was angry. I was crying. I felt like shit. It just like wasn't a good, it wasn't a good situation. I had like 10 texts from Miriam. Like, I work from home, obviously, (laughs) now during COVID. And um, even though Miriam and I are, are not that far away from each other, we obviously have not been able to see each other. So mm-hmm. I still will text her, you know, if, like, the most menial thing happens in my life. I'm like, oh, my God, did you see this? Or, oh, my God, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But she very seldom texts me with that kind of level of, like, nonchalance. So when Miriam texts <laughs> me, it's usually either, like, and like she texts we it's text usually, all the time. But when she sends like me seven or eight texts, texts in a row. Yeah. yeah, when she sends me, like, seven or eight, I'm like, oh my god what just happened so I was like working like all day and I finally look at my phone I'm like attached to my phone but work's been very busy lately check out MarthaStewart.com and I was like oh shit and I'm reading it I'm like oh my god and I realized I didn't respond for like 20 hours or something because like I just like didn't open it from the day before and so at that point I was like oh my god are you good but then, like, so much happened in my life, too. So I was just, like, sending her, like, a million texts, but also, like, you feeling better? But I do have to say, just to circle back, like, the whole uh-huh. ketone thing, as a newer diabetic comparatively, mm-hmm. um, I've only had ketones, aside from my diagnosis, um, once or twice, I think twice in my six mm-hmm. years. And that's, like, when I've checked. And, like, I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, you never really know unless exactly. you're constantly checking. But... Um, ketones scare the crap out of me. They are just like this mammoth to me that I don't fully understand. I don't fully understand what's happening to my body. Like I do know what diabetic ketoacidosis is, which the, mm-hmm. for those non-diabetics out there listening, that Listen is what to our ketones Mike are. Not yeah. our episode. Yeah, the, exactly. Um, so ketones can lead to diabetic ketoacidosis, but it doesn't mean you're in diabetic ketoacidosis. Mm-hmm. Which um, is usually what I text Emily when she's, like, sort of panicking. I'm, I'm always like, panicking <laughs> if I have ketones because it's happened twice, guys. And I'm always twice. like, Emily, ketones do not equal DKA. It's okay. And I think they are very – they are a very – intimidating sort of enigma because it's they're very confusing and the reality is there's doesn't feel like there's much you can do beyond yeah, drinking water. giving insulin drinking water like waiting and waiting right. and being patient um and but so when you're sick or when you haven't been getting insulin um, yeah. because of whatever you know a lot of times mm-hmm. people go into diabetic ketoacidosis or have ketones to begin with because of a form of technology i mean i know we have a lot of pals in the community who are on multiple daily injections mm-hmm. because they've used pump therapy in the past and it's, you know, they've had occluded sites or they've had this mm-hmm. and that. For me, the risk of diabetic ketoacidosis and DKA versus the ease of having a pump and the tighter management mm-hmm. I have, they, I'm, I far outweigh. Like I, I would rather have the pump and have to do a finger prick because mm-hmm. I, I am scared, like, ever since I've been on the loop system, or really ever since I've been diagnosed. I, I like, don't think I've ever gone a day without checking my blood sugar at least once. I know mm-hmm. with my CGM, I check it probably only once a day now, like, mm-hmm. right in the morning when I get up, because I know that's usually when my blood sugar's been the most stable, or right before I go to bed, because I've been snacking or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to make sure it matches up, because I have been burned. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I can't tell you this was like two weeks ago and Dexcom will send replacements. Um, so shout out to them for that. 
because like I my I think I was 110 points off and I kept getting like pricking my finger I kept saying I was like 75 and I was like yeah. 170 or 190 and yeah and calibrating the Dexcom doesn't always it doesn't work do the sometimes trick and, sometimes yeah. it gets like confused and then just gives you a bunch of question marks and, and honestly no like I feel like unless you're talking to an actual person who's coding at Dexcom which like usually you're not yeah. There's a lot of different myths and, you know, techniques yeah. and being like, well, did you take acetaminophen? It's like, well, mm-hmm. isn't that supposed to be okay now? And it's like, yeah, up to this amount. It's like, well, I took 10 or like one pill that was like 100, whatever, but you can't take yeah. over 400. So I don't know why you're asking this question. There's not, yeah, when, it, when you're talking to the Dexcom people, sometimes... I'll say to them, I'm like, do you think maybe it's like in scar tissue, so it's not reading as effectively? And they're like, yeah, maybe that's it. I'm like, they're like, well, could uh, you say that it was hot today? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. More what love. This is great technology that we feel very lucky to have access to, and yes. that you know is life changing technology. At the end of the day, for me personally, my experience, it is definitely a huge lift off of my chest to have this technology and I would use it time and time again but I've had you know like I think for me the scarier thing than a Dexcom failure is a pump failure and I have had my Omnipod PDM fail on me like this is Mm -hmm. before I was looping probably three times in like the five years that I've been on it yeah and it's like every time isn't so crazy no I think it was either three or four times yeah but every time that happens, they, like, are great and will overnight you mm-hmm. a new PDM. I don't know what they do during a pandemic. Oh, the PDM, this is like, bro. Gotcha. Yeah, so, like, I, like, mm-hmm. actually had to go on to back to MDI, gotcha. multiple daily mm-hmm. injections. Every time that happens. I thought you were saying that you oh, three or four times that, like, the actual pod, oh, pod. has, like, Oh, yeah. hell no. That's I was going to say, that's, like, so nothing. Many times. No, no, no. <laughs> that is not. Sorry, I mean the actual PDM, the, the actual oh, yeah. physical pump that's doing yes, the math yes. and sending the insulin Bluetooth mm-hmm. to my insulin pod. Um, I can never remember because I was only on MDI for maybe six or seven months in my initial diagnosis. And I've been, this was in 2014, and I've been on the Omnipod since then. So yeah. I've only had to knock on wood. I hope like, nothing happens. I swear to God, if I have to go on the MDI right now, I will cry. Um, I can never remember how to properly do MDI. Like, I just like, completely forgot that like there's like, two types of insulin like there's there's long acting and short acting oh, and like geez. I need it's like every time I like freak out and then I take a shot and like remember how to do it I'm like oh this isn't as bad as I remember yeah. like it's wild and also like it doesn't help that when I was initially diagnosed I was using the wrong types of needles so I was getting like they gave me like insanely large needles for my whatever so it's having these like big ass hematomas it was like a whole thing and that's what made me want to get on the pump but yeah go back to season one episode one and listen to my diagnosis story to uh understand why that was such a struggle but now they have like bd has all these like really little cute little needles so tiny so tiny and even syringes are like pretty dope now too i yeah i have to say and it's because i'm extremely old school i suppose but i never used pens i only ever used syringes that was like what they gave us when really? I was diagnosed and i find pens like very intimidating confusing, honestly and even now like my doctor will always prescribe me like backup lantus just yeah. because i have pump issues and so he prescribes me the pens because I, my insurance just covers, covers the it more pens probably. better. Yeah. But I don't get pen caps. I just use a syringe. A syringe and draw it out. The, yeah, draw it out because. Yeah. And the syringe, like I, the syringes I have, I don't know. 
size or anything, but the needle is so tiny. So I'm like, but also it's like yeah. a whole new world. If if you prefer MDI and like want the brain of a pump, you can have companion oh medical, God, like something medical. like that. Thousand, if, I, if I ever go back to injections, I thousand percent. Sometimes I like think about it. This episode is not sponsored by them. I just truly think <laughs> we that we just really like them. <laughs> I just think it's like a really cool device. It's um, so good. Like, we would tell you if it was sponsored by them. Trust yeah. us. You'd know. You'd listen to the ad. But, um, yeah, so I think that it's, like, a whole new world now, even from when I was diagnosed. Sure. And even, like, I think we're we, – I've, I've seen three or four generations of the Dexcom um, since I was diagnosed. And it's gotten smaller and thinner and mm-hmm. all these things. But I think there is something to be said for the G5's accuracy over the G6 on the whole. I know for me, and if you're listening and you have techniques or whatever, I know some people will like put on their Dexcom sensor and then put like wait 24 hours and then change over the actual oh, transmitter, cooking it. yeah, cooking it like whatever. Um, I know there's different techniques, but for me, I just find that no matter what I do and where I put it, my first 24 hours with my G6 are very inaccurate. Um, I wouldn't say like 70 points inaccurate. Sometimes it is 70 points, but like 50, like like more than the actual standard deviation should yeah. be. And um, it's frustrating, but I just finger prick more and try and listen to my body. Um But when I say listen to my body, and this is, like, something that I've seen a lot of people post about on Instagram, and, like, I'm not going to get on a pedestal right now and go on a rant on something that is very unique to every certain individual person, but there are people out there that don't feel their highs and lows, that don't Mm -hmm. necessarily know what is, you know, like, to say I listen to my body sometimes and hearing people talk about oh, I didn't check my blood sugar at all today and I don't have a CGM and, you know, like, I was fine. That's, like, great for you, but I would never recommend that for someone. If you have diabetes, you know, it's you need to stay on top of things. So for me, um, I might be a little more neurotic than our average listener, but I think that, you know, going back and checking once a day, if I'm not super high or super Mm -hmm. low, um, and if I ever see like a double arrow down out of nowhere, I always check just because yeah. I've, you know, I've learned the hard way in the past. Like I've eaten or I've had like two juice boxes when I was like 40 double arrows down for like 15 minutes. And all of a sudden I bounced back up and I was like 120, like the Dexcom like corrected itself or something. And I was like, wait, what? This was 44 double down two seconds ago. And it's like, well, crap, now I got to cover like 30 grams for however much, whatever. But it's better to be safe than sorry and yeah. ketones are annoying and they're not good for your body in the long term but they're a lot better than not treating extremely bad lows in the short term mm-hmm. um and catching things and being conscious to discuss um can i change the topic for a hot second because i'm oh, sorry did you have anything else you want to say on that miriam i just like completely started chatting no i think just to like close close the loop no pun intended on this <laughs> on this topic is you know, when we say, like, troubleshooting, really what that means is just, like, checking your blood sugar, <laughs> having backup, <laughs> having syringes or pen needles or whatever if you're using technology, just having, going back to basics if you need it. And so that's why even when I'm traveling, I always have, like, two backup plans. Um, I plan as if I'm going to have, if my pump's going to break on day one, basically. It's like I right. always am prepared for having a backup long um, long-acting insulin, having syringes, 
having plenty of test strips so we can check and do everything you need if your technology fails you in that moment. 100 so, That's me. Uh, so, yes, by all means, change the topic. The last thing before we, like, officially wrap up is I want to say I finally watched The Babysitter's Club. Oh, my and God. And watched <laughs> the episode of... Um, what was Stacey. it called, Stacy? What's what's happening with Stacy? What was it called? Yeah, the truth about Stacy. Yes. Um, and I just thought, as someone, and I want to have a whole episode on this. And shout out to mm-hmm. our Belgian listener who wrote in asking that we do an episode on this. Mm-hmm. But like, as someone who obviously did not go through school age, you know, I guess I was in college, but yes. actual school age with type one diabetes, it was mm-hmm. fascinating for me to watch that episode, but also shocking at how much I related to that even though I was in college like the whole thing about her mom feeling ashamed Mm -hmm. like I know my mom's listening I never thought that you felt ashamed of me at all um but the worry the worry that that was in the parents eyes like that Mm -hmm. in this the fear that we feel too as diabetics who are recently diagnosed was like so real and raw to me even though these like little nuggets it wasn't like raw in the sense of like whatever it's a Netflix show like but I just thought they yeah. portrayed it in a really great way. Oh, and the actress, I think Stacy did a great job. She did. And I love that she wore her pump throughout the entire series. Like, it was very visible. I thought they did a really nice job. And it's funny. I was telling, like, the night it came up, came out on Netflix, um, I stayed up. I, like, looked. Because I was just so curious if they were going to keep that storyline or not. Right. Um, when the Babysitter's Club movie came out, I, I was I'll have to like fact check this. I can't remember when it came out, I but I want to say it was. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> now there was a movie and it was great. I gotta um, watch and by it. that I mean the books had already been out for a while, but the movie was really good. And I want to say the movie came out when I was in middle school, maybe. So um, I was probably in elementary school. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to fact check the dates of that. We'll we'll keep you posted. But I remember when the movie came out and Stacy had diabetes, and in hindsight, it wasn't well represented but it didn't even matter because I was so excited to like have a type 1 diabetic in a movie that my friends liked and like they could watch this movie and be like oh my god I know someone with diabetes and it's not they weren't watching this because there was diabetes in the movie they were watching it because it's a good movie it was just like an exciting thing to have as part of like mainstream pop culture right and so when the show came out I was getting all of those feels again and I was like I just want to see if they like kept that storyline so I stayed up until it was probably like at min like 1 a.m. I'm like staying up to watch this freaking like babysitters club show and I thought they went, they did such an unbelievable job representing it. They talked okay, about it correctly. Okay, now I have to finish the, the, I only watched that one. There I watched was, the first three episodes and it's episode three where they yeah. actually discussed the truth about yes. Stacey. So there I want to There was one, yeah, there's the it. only thing I have an issue with is like the very end of this year, and this isn't like giving away spoilers by any means, but they're talking about her diagnosis and how, you know, she had a seizure because she went into insulin shock. I hated that. When they said that, I was like, uh, excuse me? And so that was a little like fact check that like that doesn't make, that's not how it works. Like, no, that part was wrong. Um, they didn't she, even, I understand not wanting to get into the specifics of DKA. They could have just said I w- had a blood sugar, like anything to relate to blood sugar. Like I yeah. had a blood sugar shock. 
Like yes, that, but that could be high or low. You don't have to exactly. go into any specifics. But insulin, but insulin shock, shock is insinuating. I Google it because at first I was like, what does that even mean? Because it's obviously not like the accurate medical term that anyone uses. And I think it was insinuating. It's like if you have severe low blood sugar, which you wouldn't have if, at you, di- weren't if you weren't diagnosed because yeah. you're not you don't have insulin. So that was like the only fact checky thing, but Can you be extreme, I think that was honey more <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that was more for like the shock value in the show. But otherwise they did an unbelievable job. I like loved that she had all the technology on her. Like she She's had... such a nugget. She's so cute. Yes. And my only other caveat is that her pump site was like about to oh fall God. off of her skin and I wanted to like stick a skin grip stick a, st- stick a skin grip on there and and but but otherwise they did a great job. I'm done with my complaints. Um, yeah, no, and I think the show actually does a great job of inclusivity as well. I mean, oh, Stacey sure. just happens to be, like, a white, blonde-haired girl in mm-hmm. a very wealthy neighborhood. But, like, the show on the whole was very diverse. And, um, yes. I mean, there I could always be more diversity. But, yeah, so I thought that was well done. And I love that she had a Medtronic pump. I just thought, like, even that was, like, pretty yeah. up-to-date. And it was pretty mm-hmm. cute. Um. Yeah, so shout out to, to the Babysitter's Club, and you should, guys should go check it out. It's episode three, but I recommend watching the series, even though I'm only on episode four now. So we'll see how it goes. Yes. Um, thank you guys for listening to this long-winded rant about technology, and um, we appreciate you, and we are excited to continue season seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go into my spiel now, Miriam, unless you have Do any it. final thoughts. Okay. Right. No. Go this is Miriam's favorite part. I say it every time. It's now probably not her favorite part. But anywho, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals. Follow us on Facebook at pancreas pals PP. Sign to our DMs on either or both or all of the above. Um, hit us up on our email, which is pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. We love getting emails. Um, any topic ideas, any guests, recommendations, any, hey, hello, how are yous, or help me, I'm going crazy in COVID, tell me a joke, hit us up. Um, we are so excited for the rest of season seven and hopefully being able to reunite with some of our pals IRL in the far future. Until then, we're going to get some um, digital virtual meetups in the book if everyone mm-hmm. isn't Zoomed out um, by, by the time that comes together. So thank you guys so much for listening. Miriam, as always, great speaking with you. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye.